Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 410 of the Department of Defense. I'm your host, Casey. Join me as always is Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppin' Barrel Brewing, Brian Jones, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Carlos, what could, uh, you were just telling me something just the other day about our Black Belt patrons. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, so th- they're trying to do work on like renewable energy, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but the main issue is like, like how do you break into a market without like having the the technical know how to break into a market? Uh, I I mean, should we just ask Elon Musk or? Well, he his solution was pay for people's other companies who already have the ideas. Yeah. And specifically, by in specifically in the case of uh, uh, Tesla, uh, he part of this deal was that he bought the founding name, like he like he founded it, but he didn't. What but about like, that was the deal? Was that uh, like he was the uh, founder? We could ask that one chick who came up with the uh, the blood device that never worked. <laughs> um, what was her name? Uh, her, like the yeah, no, that was, like was theremin or something. Yeah, no, because I, I, I know I listened to a podcast episode about uh, her for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we could ask her. Yep. Uh, when she gets out of prison. Yeah. So, it, so, but like they, like they, they don't, they want, don't want it to be a scam. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So they want to break into some, uh, break into uh, like renewable energy, renewable. Energy. But like, so what they've decided on is. Uh, they're going to in, like take renewable wind energy because like wind energy is like renewable. Uh huh. But they're gonna make a, a small scale version of it, so like you can even have it happening so inside. So a pinwheel. So it's actually. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. This is a very stupid idea, but it's gonna be fart powered. I was I was I was wondering how long it was going to take one of us to make a breaking wind joke. No, and I didn't realize that was the entire it's thing. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, you, it's like basically like a fan. It goes in the back of your pants, and uh, you just switch to a diet of beans and other such uh, uh, roughage that'll uh, give you some gas, and uh, it'll uh, generate you some wind power locally inside. Uh, and actually, uh, part of part of the thing is you have to replace your flooring, or recover your flooring with um, uh, like conductive tape, or like copper sheeting or like aluminum tape. So uh, you and then um, on the bottom of your slippers, right? You have the tape. Uh, you also have another conductive surface that goes up to the wind generator, so you can store that in your house battery. Well, it's actually a little bit more small scale than that. Like, it's like you have USB cables that you plug oh, in. Oh, it just charges and, your phone? So it just charges your phone, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, like, that's 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 like the low-end version, but... No, well, that's because, like, this is what it is. Like, it's just like you're breaking by taking something big and grand and... You're breaking in by breaking wind? Yeah, exactly. Is that is that how you came up with the name? No. Oh, okay. I know. I, know. I, I didn't come up with the name. Oh, that's right. They our patrons came up with it. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Our patrons came up with this. Well, if you'd like to break wind on the ground floor, head right over to <laughs> patreon.com slash studios. We're going on the patron link of the Marvel homepage at blindnewsstudios.com. Less dangerous to migrating birds, it turns out. Harder on relationships, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of migrating birds, did you see the uh, the video that surfaced on Reddit this week? About uh, the SLS vaporizing some birds when it launched. The what? The SLS? Uh, yeah. So when they did the um, the Artemis mission, yep. Uh, when it launched, it vaporized a bunch of birds. Oh yeah. That were flying near it, and like they caught them on like high def camera, and you can see them like being in, like just bursting into flame and falling out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> it's kind of How fun. close were they? Oh, they were real close. Oh. Like they were uh they were flying around like the crew capsule 
And then um, all of a sudden, like, so the rockets start shaking, and then you just see the bird go, Whoof, and start to, like, of uh, this flame fall, and then this other flame come up. Oh, so like it was so like they burst into flames like before it was even off the gr- off the ground. Yeah, yeah, because oh. it got real hot. Yeah, real fast, and then the bird was flammable. Yeah, like I'm surprised like they didn't like uh, cancel that uh, and like ma- like uh, that issue because like, and the because like the birds weren't like going to pro- cause a problem for the launch. Well, uh, they they apparently they weren't going to cause like ash doesn't cause a problem wait, wait. for a launch. Don't tell me that uh, Sully was the captain of that flight. <sighs> No, Sully from Monsters, Inc. was not the captain of that flight. Oh, it wasn't? No. And neither was Captain Sully. Neither was Captain Sully, huh? No, no. I no, we're not. We're just like no, because then they would have had to land the uh, the uh, the rocket upside down on a uh, on a river. I don't think he landed it upside down. Oh no, that was uh, that was that was the Denzel Washington movie. Do <laughs> 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 you remember that one? No, I did not see it. Uh, yeah, Denzel Was- Washington was playing a pilot who got real drunk and then like. Um, landed his plane upside down on a river in an emergency and then got, um, then had to go to court, but like he got too drunk before his court night. And so, um, then, oh God, what's his name? Um, uh, Roseanne's husband. Uh, uh I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> God damn it. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, he was in The Big Lebowski yeah. as Walter. I can't believe I don't remember his name. I, it's it's really bothering me now. I got to look it up. And, of course, oh, hang on. Cancel. There we go. Um, Walter, The Big Lebowski is played by... John Goodman. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. John Goodman showed up because he was his drug dealer and gave him a bunch of drugs in order to get him semi-sober enough wait, was th- sober enough to uh, was to th- go to court. Wait, was the writer for this movie, like, did they just hate Sully? Uh, I don't know. I think it's called Flight. Because this sounds insane. Oh, it kind of was. Yeah, 2012, Flight, starring Denzel Washington. Wow. It's a drama thriller. It sounds uh, like a comedy. Commercial airline pilot Whip Whitaker. Yeah. Because alliterative. Uh, has a problem with drugs and alcohol. Uh, though so far he's managed to complete his flight safely. His luck runs out when a disastrous mechanical malfunction sends his plane hurtling towards the ground. Whip pulls off a miraculous crash landing that results in only six lives lost. Shaken to the core, Whip vows to get sober. But when the crash investigation exposes his addiction, he finds himself in an even worse situation. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Wow, it's like uh, they exaggerated the truth like dr- so drastically. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, hang on. Got some nominations, though. Uh, in tw- uh, Academy Award uh, for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Academy Award for Writing, Academy Award, uh, Golden Globe for Best Actor. Um, yeah, Writers Guild of America Award for Best Original I swear, play. like what you described sounds like a comedy. I mean, it definitely could have been. It could have just been Airplane 3. It was just like, yeah, it was just like all a joke. Because that's what it seems like. I mean, when I watched it, um, I think we were drinking every time he was drinking on screen. So we were making it a joke, I, I guess. guess. Yeah, it's kind of a somber movie. Anyway, Carlos, is there anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. And, uh, so, like, I forgot to bring it up in the last couple of Department of Offenses, but uh, I read uh, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic Teenage called Ninja The Last Ronin. So this is uh so like uh like in case somebody's not aware what the amazing crazy uh who the teenage mutant ninja turtles are, uh they they were originally <laughs> that's a, where uh, you're starting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just uh, well like that's actually like really interesting though because it's like one of the like uh like a very very indie beginning of like it was uh Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like they, it's like one of those like crazy cases, like where somebody like where these two people like created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like wholesale, like they just like did one comic, and it was all indie published, and like it just became a huge hit. Uh, like in our childhood, like uh, early nineties, they that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon took off. Like oh, that, so many toys, there were movies. Like it was uh, live action movies that are still to this day some of the best comic book movies of all. Well, time. the first one for sure. I, I was watching it, and the third one, The Secret of Ooze, kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the third one, but like, so it, I, I, I was actually watched uh, Red Letter Media had like a video where they had a uh, one of the well, they have they've had this person on before. But they had uh, an artist for uh, some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle co- uh, comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this was something like he, like he had done, uh, like before, like uh, after he'd started doing some red letter media appearances. Okay. But it was and, like he like talked about they talked about uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So like I watched like an hour long episode like of people talking about and like showing clips of it, and it was wild. It was great. Like, I almost sat down to write, watch the first movie again. The first movie is so good. And then in the second one, it turns out that uh, they took away the weapons. Like, so they're, yeah. that's why they're, they're using toys. Yep. Yeah, no, they, they took away the weapons. Um, and they, strangely enough, did not mention Turtles in Time, though, because that, I remember enjoying that one. And, like, uh, like I thought it was actually kind of goofy because they kept swapping places with, like, uh, yeah, like with Samurai. Yeah, with the Samurai. And then uh, one of my favorite things is, like, um, uh, Casey and April, like, they have to deal with, all, like, all the Samurai show up in their underpants. Yeah. And they have to, like, and then get uh, Casey gets them really into hockey. Yeah. And like, they're like, okay. Yeah, no, that was the last season of Turtle movie I saw because it was on TV and I watched it. <laughs> it was so good. That one's so much fun. And like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like back in time, like that's a cool concept. The second one was terrible, but you the know, best what, part of it was the vanilla ice so uh, dance off. The best thing about the second one is I had growing up the uh, the comic comic adaptation of the Secret of the Use. Like a, a, as mm-hmm. like a graphic novel, and that was amazing. Like so, like it was like had good art, and it, like it was a good read. Like and there was like some actual action in it. Yeah, uh, I don't think they uh, did the toys. I have the Secret of the Ooze soundtrack. Also, they um, I'm pretty sure they win that uh, that that entire plot point with donuts. Because don't they don't they hide the cure to the ooze in some donuts and then feed it to um, Bebop and Rocksteady? Rocksteady? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, but like I had like the the uh, the adaptation of it and the graphic novel adaptation, which is funny that there was like a comic that was then uh, turned into a movie and then turned right back to the comic. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the most recent like mixed mixed adaptation of TMNT? Oh, the uh, the live action movie, yeah. CGI. Did not watch it. I did not like it. It. I so don't they know. did two of them, right? Yeah, I didn't see the second one. I only saw the first one. I know that it apparently suffered very heavily of from uh, uh, Mountains of New York syndrome. Is what I heard. Like that. Apparently, there's uh, mountains in New York again. Yes, but also it's just like it just wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It just I, I don't know. I didn't feel like those those nineties, especially one and three. It had well, especially one. It just had like this dirtiness to it. This like gritty and like the puppets added this realness. Like I don't know. It was just so good. You know, it was good though. It was the animated like 2010 movie. I think uh, that I can't remember which one it was. So it was like 2010, 2011. Uh, we saw it in theaters, actually. You and me, like. Oh, we did. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that might have been during high school. So it was like maybe oh, 2007. Uh, um, well, let's see. I can't tell you what movie theater it was. So it was a piece of shit movie theater, <laughs> and there was hardly anybody there. You, me, and Jake, I think. I don't know who else. Maybe Tyler was there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in film. Um, uh, TMNT Out of the Shadows in 24. Oh, uh, TMNT uh, 2007. Yeah. That was the full CGI one. Okay. Yeah. I remember that was good. 
Maybe I was thinking of... Okay, so maybe I'm just thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2014. Was the That's the live-action yeah. one. Where the turtle... Yeah, with Megan Fox. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's the one I didn't care for. TMNT, that one was... Yeah, that one I feel like was really good. Never saw the second one. That came out... Oh, that's coming out this year. Oh, there's a sequel to TMNT? Yeah. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem uh, is coming out August 4th of this no, year. No, I guess I'd be there. Did you say Mayhem or Mayhem? You heard me. Mayhem. Okay. Mayhem. Because like, like, is it like about like mutant hogs? I don't know. It could be. I mean, I would watch that too. I mean, it wouldn't be too surprising from like the '90s because like that that car, they did a lot of wild stuff there that could sell merchandise. Yeah, uh, this was so. This film was announced in June 2020. Um, it's being produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's supposed to be released uh, on August 4th of this year is by supposed, Paramount Pictures. Is it August 4th? We are going to be uh, at Gen Con. Cool. Is it so? Wait, is it actually a follow up to the TMNT animated film? Uh, according to Wikipedia, yes. Wow. It's like o- over a decade later. Yeah. 15 years later, they come out with a sequel for an animated TMNT film. That's wild. But, anyways, uh, what? Uh, so, like, the, the original. Teenage, uh, maybe not. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, comics, they were black and white. Nope, hang on. This is a reboot. Oh. Oh, well, that, that happens. A, a lot. Yeah. Like, so many times. Well, especially with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. There's, uh, I there's have, so many different cartoons. So we, we have we have the original series, mm-hmm. uh, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then we have the reboot series, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have animated films, T- TMNT and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, are all, like, reboots. That's four in... 33 years. Yeah. Jesus Christ, 33 years. And it's... Were, were you just talking about movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. like, because the cartoons, like... No, no that, that happens so way... So many yeah, more. That happens, that happens about, like, every, like, four Did you or five. have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys growing up? Fuck yeah, I did. I did not. That was one of those toys I never did get. Oh, I had all... I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys, and I had Biker Mice from Mars toys. Those were, like... The two, like, big things. Well, then Star Wars toys, obviously, but, like... And, like, they were, like, some of the coolest toys ever. Like, did you... you, Like, I had, like, friends that had, like, the the transforming ones. I had had a Donatello. uh, Oh, no, so I had some of the... I had a Michelangelo that transformed. So, like, it was, like, the turtle. It was a turtle, and And then it would... Yeah, and then it would... Yeah, it would become the the other one. Um, And then I had, like, a Raphael and a Donatello from... Uh, from uh, TMNT mm-hmm. three, like the entire, so they had like the samurai masks oh, and yeah, stuff, yeah, and those were super cool, and they had like the torch and everything, and yeah. So, but anyways, uh, the so what growing I up, Donatello was, was my favorite. Yeah. Anyway, oh Donatello, yeah, no, because the stick, he has so much reach with that stick. Oh no, it's because he was smart. Oh no, it was because he had a stick, and he, I thought that was cool. He just whacked people with a stick. No, I, I, it was, it was, it was the intelligence for me. And, like, I always would choose him in the arcade game as a kid. Like, just a, a swat hit, just hit the enemies with the but I It didn't even occur to me as that I, it gave you more reach. As I got older and angrier, then I liked Raphael. Oh, like, yeah. Well, he just stabs things then. And that makes way more sense. Yeah, and, like, never really got along with Michelangelo. Like, he's now, too goofy. Well, so so now I'd rather hang out with Mikey than any of them. Um, well, well, except for maybe Raphael, because he's still sarcastic. Well, that's because um, uh, Leo's Leo got sucks. like a fucking stick up his ass. He takes he yeah, yeah, Donatello's stick well, and shoves he, it up his ass. Every night he lubes it up real good. <laughs> He's into some kinky shit. So, uh, but, uh, so there's a, there's been a lot of, uh, like, through the years, like, there's been so many different comics for the Teenage Mutant Turtles. Uh, I think one of the more popular ones was that there was a big crossover event of multiple tur- turtles beating each other. Including like the original turtles meeting the the funny goofy uh, '90s cartoon show and like there's multiple other anniversary. Uh, 
Cowabunga, dude. And like it turns out, like they really like the the boat buckles that the '90s cartoon had, because <laughs> it literally had like they all had the belt buckle along with a matching colored uh, uh, yeah. eye cover. But anyways, Last Ronin is something that like apparently the, it, so apparently in the past they've like uh, they had done a uh, post apocalyptic uh, setting for turtles. But they did it again as like part of like kind of like as like as like an anniversary like because the turtles have been around since the eighties, and so what uh so Kevin Eastman and some uh some uh, artists they worked on the last Ronin, which is where it basically picks up re- right in the middle of uh, the last Mutant Ninja Turtle, and like you don't find out which turtle is the last surviving one until like the end of the the first part, it is like trying to get to New York City. Which is like a hellhole that's like a walled city. Why is he trying to get back to New York? Uh, to get revenge. To kill the uh, the current leader of the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan's still around. Well, yeah. Because, like, there is a form, like, the, there is a Foot Clan still around. And they're the person that's responsible for, oh, the Foot Clan's responsible for all of his, like, siblings and for uh, his master dying. And he he breaks in, and like of course he he doesn't succeed in his assassination plot in the first uh, issue because it's it's all about his time in uh, uh, the terrible New York setting, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed reading the Last Ronin. Uh, I it's a uh, it's a kind of like a bummer air setting to be in, but it's I had a lot of fun with it. So on the he cover, he uses all the weapons. Yeah, he has he has all of the turtle weapons. Yep, and he has a, a black mask, yep. which is like I think the the original uh, comics like the, it was all black masks. God, I really want to know which turtle it is. I, I don't want to spoil it. It's the obvious choice. I mean, like the, it's it's the obvious choice is what I'll say because like it's clearly it's the one that you would choose to have as this like very grim person. Uh, oh, very yeah. grim. Uh, uh, a turtle in this, like, where everybody else is dead. Well, yeah, no, but like, it's the obvious choice if you're gonna have like a grim, uh, the the a grim survivor. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I think like I would think that's the obvious that's, choice. That's not what it popped in my head. I won't reveal yeah. it, but. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun reading it, uh, and I I picked up the hardcover uh, collection of it uh, of uh, the Last Ronin. I think they're yeah. They're, I'm gonna need to read that. They're, because they're doing a, a that is not the obvious. They're choice. doing a, one called the Lost Years. I'm not sure what that's covering. Uh, I think it might be covering uh, that turtle's like a, a story in the like some of his uh, adventures before he got back. Because like he uh he oh he was he was he, off. Because While his yeah, he, he, died? He, he had a he, he they died like he there was a big explosion that he uh, uh, barely he doesn't even remember like really escaping from and like he thinks that like uh, he knows all the, all his uh, siblings are dead and he thinks that uh, Casey and uh, April O'Neil are dead and he like uh, and he just basically ends up finding making his way onto like a, a boat and getting ending up in Japan or he ends up on a, a plane or something. And he's he just spent some time there. So, really good read though. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And you see some stuff like you see like the, the robots from the old from the old cartoon show. Like I can't remember who the person who was in charge of those robots were. They're still alive. Like they're not human anymore. Like they're like all robot, like all cyborg. Um, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you got anything you want to talk about? You know, I I actually kind of do. There's a few things I'd like to talk about, but I got to talk about just one thing, and I'm trying to figure out what that one thing is. Just looking around the table. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you, you were really excited to talk about this, and I had an idea before we started, and now I'm like, ah, that's kind of a shit thing to talk about. Um, let's... I'm trying. trying you can take I, a break and grab the beer as you try to remember what your thing was. Because like we t- ended up talking about, uh, we Ninja ended up talking about this for like twenty longer. minutes yeah. than I anticipated. I completely I, forgot what I was gonna do. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I did not expect we were going to talk about it so long. Yeah. Like, the only reason, like, we did that was because this is, like, a little bit more of an unstructured episode. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, I'm in New Zealand right now. Oh, is that, yeah, because when uh, this is releasing? Yeah, yeah, this is releasing in March. I'm in New Zealand somewhere, so uh, there's a whole timey-wimey discombobulation that's happening right now. Got it. I was wondering why we're recording in the middle of the week. I thought it was just for the hell of it. No, this is like... I, we, we had literally talked about this. Well, I wasn't paying attention. You were also probably a little drunk. Right, that's possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. we, I just know that we had talked about, like, doing uh, a, a couple uh, recordings uh in the middle of the week. Yes. Uh, yeah, so we're recording this in the middle of the week. Uh, actually, we're recording these in the middle of the week, I mean, four weeks before they come out. Uh, so going around uh, right now is uh, Beat the Devil Out of It uh, from Swinging Bridge Brewing Company. Uh, Swinging Bridge uh, is a brewery. In River Falls, Wisconsin, that we've uh, so they've gone through a few different um, brewers now. So I was I, so like it's called "Beat the Devil Out of It." I'm looking at the can. It's got the Swing Bridge logo, and then it's got like a an, like a very curly hair around it. And yes, for something to be called a, "Beat yeah. the Devil Out of It," uh, I'm reading the can. It says this. This brew wasn't a happy accident. accident. Just, Just like, like our, our friend, friend Bob, Bob Ross says, you need to beat the devil out of it. This amber ale is tasty, full of flavor, but yet the demons won't catch up to you at 4.9% ABV. Yeah. That was actually a really good Bob Ross. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, when when can we expect the uh, the the Carlos uh, painting corner? Well, you know, it'll probably be a little bit of a happy accident when that happens. We'll call it uh, Cobb Cos. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess so he's. I guess he said, just "Beat the devil out of it." Yeah, yeah. Like when with his with his brush, sometimes you just got to beat the devil out. That's of it. That's so violent coming from him. Just being a brush up. <laughs> yeah, but he says like he says it in such like uh, you just got to beat the devil out of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Swinging Bridge. They have a new brewer uh, as of. Oh man, it's been just shy of a year now. Um, and yeah, the, we we went the other day. We had a delightful uh, plate of nachos. We should probably get the new brewer down. Yeah, because it's uh, yeah, it's been a while since Swing Bridge has been on. I think probably six years. Yeah, probably. Oh wow, aroma wise, like I get like um, a big, like toasted. Like toffee, toffee, um, malty. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit. I I don't have a lot of uh, sense of smell today. It's almost uh, like if you put just like a little bit of honey on some slightly overdone toast. Mmm, very light. This is a, an amber ale. It's a lager, though. It's amber lager. Amber lager. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's very clean. Very, like, light on the tongue. Yeah, it's... Um, Imminently drinkable. Like, like, damn, this could beat like the devil out of me any day. Got some, uh, like, but it's nice and crisp. Yeah, no, this is very solid. I'm I'm really enjoying this beer. <laughs> and for 5%, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. This is just what I needed. Damn. Yeah, no, this is a this is a good one. All right, well, give me a number. This has surprised me. Uh, since yeah, it, it like like because uh, I've had some uh, swing bridges, uh, swing bridge back in the, the they had like a yeah like the scale scale slid quite a bit between. Uh, it was a slidey scale, and uh, like a slide. Is, but this is a solid one. Uh, I'd say I'm gonna have a seven point eight. Like this is uh, like. Very like exactly what I would like to see about of like an amber. I'm gonna give it a solid eight. I really like this beer. I think this is fantastic. It's imminently drinkable. It like the flavors are on point. I'm not picking up any off. Like there's maybe a little bit of a metallic flavor, but even that like I can look past. And this is a really good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if I'm just being nitpicky at that point. Wow. 
I really like this. This is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh now, I, now I have to talk about it. Oh, I, I, let me just correct myself from earlier. I said, like, they originally had, like, black masks. It was black and white, but they had red masks. They all had red masks. It wasn't just Raphael that had red masks. That oh, you're back on Turbo. That was my... I just had to correct myself. I don't... I know you get a flood of emails. Yeah, like, we don't want a flood of emails. All right. So the thing I want to talk about, like, it's just been a thing I've been doing a lot lately, and I just kind of want to chat about it. Let's talk about snowboarding for just a second. Sure. Um, so... I took my first snowboard lessons this year in January. Um, so at this point, I have been snowboarding a total of four times. So I know a lot about it now, right? Like, that's just how that works. Yeah, well, I know a lot about, like, do you know about, like, how it was invented? No, I don't. Drunk I, guy on a mountain. He uh, had a makes wood sense. and he nailed his feet in the, bo- the board of wood and went down the mountain. That, on that. doesn't seem right. I, I found it up from a snowboarding movie from uh, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I try to remember which one it was. Oh shit, I don't remember. Out eight, cold, out cold. Was it? Uh, was it? Was he being bullied by some skiers? No, it, no. It's it was like the it was like a, a, like a, a character actor. Like it was, oh, he had okay. this very small bit, and like actually, like it turns out, like what he like he's telling the story to like uh, the camera or whatever. I guess, but he's like, I think if I'm remembering correctly, and it's been like probably 15 years since I've seen this movie. Uh, he was just talking to himself. Oh okay. That makes sense. Uh, no, but anyway, so like I took I took some lessons uh, back in the day. Like I I know how to ski or knew how to ski. I guess like growing up uh, in the Midwest, uh, one of the things that and I'm guessing even more true in the mountains. But one of the things that you end up doing a few times a year is going to a ski hill, and you ski. It's just kind of what happens. Um, and so I knew how to ski and, like, just never learned how to snowboard. And so I, this year I was like, I'm going to do it because apparently in your mid-30s you decide to start trying things. Is this what a midlife crisis is? Is that what I'm having right now? Maybe. Okay. Just trying to just trying to make sure, like... I know it's also just like trying to find something to keep yourself occupied with. I don't I don't know if snowboarding is necessarily a crisis. Okay. Whew. I don't think you jumped in enough to it to do uh, for it to be a midlife crisis. There is that. I think if you had like just all out of nowhere dumped like w- without even taking any classes or anything, just dumped five thousand dollars into snowboarding stuff and accessories, and then was just trying to push it all the time, then so podcasting's my crisis. Well, yeah, but you got that out of the way early. <laughs> That was my quarter life crisis. Um, yeah, no, anyway, so I uh, took some lessons and stuff, um, and I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Turns out there's way more to snowboarding than I anticipated. Uh, so, skiing, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, is super fucking easy. Uh, you have the skis strapped to your, to your feet, and you make a pizza shape. To slow down, French fries to go faster, and that's about all they teach you. Wait, French fries to go faster? But wait, won't that make your feet spread apart? Well, you hold them in a straight line. Yeah, straight French line. fries go faster. Parallel lines, okay. Yeah, parallel lines. French right. fries go faster. Pizza yeah. slows down. And you try not to hit trees like I do. Yeah, don't hit trees. Don't fall over. Yeah, those are the things. Well, they're like really convenient to the uh, yeah. like and like a uh, but you don't have to know anything about edges. So, skis mm-hmm. like they have metal edges, yeah. Um, which I, I, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, I think I knew but never really gave a shit about. Uh, I did not know they had metal edges, yeah, they do, they have metal edges. Um, snowboards learning, learning how to snowboard is all about edges. And I had no idea it was going to be all about edges. Like, that blew my mind. Uh, the first thing, they're like, you have to learn about your heel edge and your toe edge, and you have to be very mindful well, of where each one is. It's something that really, you're going to something that really started getting popular in the late 90s, so it was all about being edgy, those. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I understand why the 90s were so edgy now. Yeah. Because everybody was into snowboarding, and if you didn't know where your edge was, you would face plant. Or flip yourself over your back. And I still haven't figured out which one's more terrifying yet. Because hmm. if you catch... So if you're if you're going down and you're like traversing a hill and you catch your toe side edge, 
So toe side is like where your feet are, right? You catch that toe side edge. Um, all of that momentum that you had going down the hill is now coming at your face. Yeah, but towards I, the ground. Yeah, I don't know anything about uh, snowboarding because it's been probably. 20 years since I've seen the movie Johnny Tsunami that explained to me how snowboarding works. Yeah, but they only explained it from a surfer's perspective. And it's not like surfing. It yes. is the opposite. I, so we had no idea that the other one had seen this movie. I, I'm surprised until, you saw it, like because I assumed it was just a Disney Channel original. <laughs> it was, but I watched it at my grandma's house, and she had cable. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually saw cable as a kid. I did. <laughs> but only when I was at my grandma's house. They 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 just threw everything at the wall. Yeah. The uh, I also I also remember vividly um, for the rest of my life when George of the Jungle was coming out. It was uh, it was actually around the same time I saw Johnny Tsunami. It was uh, uh, my grandma. Uh, so Disney Channel would put out these like Disney magazines. Mm-hmm. Right, and it have like all like so. I got the George of the Jungle one because I was like super excited about George of the Jungle. I kept seeing it on the Disney Channel, and like so, she bought me the magazine. And I was flipping through the magazine, and I was watching the Disney Channel, and um, there was like how to make your own like alligator tooth necklace and like <laughs> things like that, and like I I went like so deep in like the early web was out at the time too. It was your tenth. Li- had- it was your tenth life crisis. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, and uh, so the early web was out, and like my grandparents had, or my grandpa was a computer science major, so he had like the internet, and so I would I would be able to go to like these early web pages that they would put on the things, and they were so cool at the time. But I was a child, yeah. So everything was fucking cool. I don't know. It was really neat. Anyway, snowboarding. Um, I've really enjoyed it. You you used to snowboard, right? I had a snowboard. Uh, it was a present one year when I was growing up. Was it a the real snowboard or is it one that you it was just a real like? Snowboard. Sh- okay, it was like well, I had both. Uh, okay, I had like the cheaper ones that like that for you just a little shove while. your feet in. Uh, and then eventually, I did get like a real one for. Uh, it was like a big, huge Christmas present. But you see, it turns out getting that for uh, uh, somebody like a, a teen as they're like in the middle of growing up isn't great because you know uh growing up well not everybody grows as giant as you so like uh it didn't take long for like those uh, like to try to get my feet in those snow boots like it was an absolute it took a long time yeah like to the point like where they just i just needed new boots and then like uh my feet would like uh hang over that board like the, the like i very quickly became like too tall and too uh big for that board and like I eventually, I ended up uh, bruising my tailbone. Like one of the few, the one time I f- did actually go onto a, a mountain to uh, it was Afton actually to snowboard, like bruised the hell of my tailbone. Oh yeah, well that's the first time snowboarding. You always do that. Yeah, was, I did that too. Yeah, I could not walk. I could not sit down. Oh, I didn't bruise it that bad. I just uh, I just bruised the rest of me, so I couldn't breathe. Oh yeah, no, you 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 uh, <laughs> you somehow did something like crazy. You, you bruised the rest of yourself. <laughs> Everything but the tailbone. No, I just broke myself so bad. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't take a full breath for two weeks. Um, that weekend after so after I did the. Uh, like the initial breaking of myself, I went and did like a strenuous uh, snowshoe winter camp up north, and I had to call it short because I couldn't catch my breath the entire time. <laughs> so I was just fucking exhausted the entire. I felt so bad, but I was just ready to die, and I'm just like I'm in so much pain. <laughs> yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough, but. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I don't know. I got, I have my own snowboard now. It says banana on it, which is cool. pretty great. Uh, I got it uh, for free from my brother, uh, with bindings. I got some boots, picked up a helmet because helmets are cool. Damn it. Safety yeah. is neat. I'm guessing you didn't have a helmet nope. when you were a kid because helmets were stupid. Yeah. At that point got some goggles. Um, but yeah, if I, uh, like if I stick with it, which I think I'm going to, cause I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, I, we should get you out on the mountain. I'll pay for your rental. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like a great, sounds like great content, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> we'll do a podcast 
from your hospital bed. Yeah, no, that's what would happen. <laughs> we're here at uh, his. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Department of Defense. Uh, I actually be welcome to Department of no. Defense. We're trying to be quiet we're, no, because Carlos is a coma. No, like uh, it'd be a uh, welcome to Department of Defense. We're here uh, uh, right now. We're at his uh, his grave right now. Yeah, like he was just buried a couple hours ago. <laughs> Uh, but this is a recording time. Uh, Carl, are you there? Oh, he looks like he, he's not responding, but he is. We'd get you a lesson first. <laughs> We'd get you a lesson. Actually, you wouldn't need a lesson. You already know how to do it. No, I clearly don't. <laughs> okay, we'd get you a lesson. Because I had like a honestly, uh, th- what I will say is, um, shout out to Mark. Um, if you go to Afton, ask for Mark. He was awesome. Super incredible. Gave me. The best lessons I've ever had. We had a we had a super small group. I there was f- five five or six of us, um, and then like we we had to keep like postponing due to weather. And so like my final lesson was a one on one and a one on one three hour lesson with him, and I was exhausted by the end. Yeah. Um, but by the end I did a couple of blue diamonds. Oh, did My, you, you? So, you, did you? Are you planning to do like a triple black diamond then? Oh God, no! Though he did say if I had you for another three lessons, we'd be doing blacks, and I'm like, next year we'll talk about <laughs> it next year because I don't have time or money for that. But that sounds horrifying. I would never do that. I mean, if I felt comfortable with it, like it wouldn't be an issue. Um, from where I was when I started to where I was at the end of the lessons, like it's completely like, I was I was shaky like skating across the flat ground. Oh, okay. And now like I can go down and or I can get get off the lift and go down greens without an issue. Um, and blues I can do if I'm like really super focused and going very slow. But I'm just I'm I'm having trouble with my toe side turn. So if anybody has any uh, tips on how to do a better toe side turn. Uh, mostly because I don't like putting my back towards downhill, mm-hmm. um, and then like trying to flip back, or then trying to like curve back is just like there's just a psychological thing, and like I keep trying to put myself in the back seat. But yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about lifts. What do you mean? Yeah, you, know, you know I'm not great with heights. Not having- there's a there's a bar you put. Yeah, down. I know there's a bar that goes down. But it's well, just, but you, I mean, you don't have to put the bar. Yeah, down. it's it's just like one of those things. Like I, I think I, it's like I don't feel like it as it's not. I don't think it hits me as much on those ski lifts. Yeah, because you're it, not also not very high, and it, you're sitting. You're down. not super high. Like you're still, you still have some height going there. Not at Afton. <laughs> you can, you would you would be more worried about skiing under the lift than being on the lift. Yeah, that, I guess that sounds fair. <laughs> like, if it's that close. I wonder if it just sunk in over the years. <laughs> I feel like it has. Because I was looking at it the other day. I'm like, I don't even know if I'd be worried about breaking an ankle if I fell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because like I have my snowboard on me. Like the most, the, like the wor- the the biggest worry I had was like, ah, if I fall, I'm gonna break something because of this damn board. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's all I had. Yeah. So, we've done two. Uh, what we what we wanted to talk about. Now we have an actual discussion topic. Oh, hang on. we had we had a name for it. Oh yeah, pull an idea out of the discussion basket. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Here's the idea. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, AI. Oh, a a i i yeah. So. AI has been like a, it's slowly starting to take, actually have more artificial insemination, right? The, that's a, that would be ass. Why? Because a s insemination is an s. Artificial insemin- insemination. Wow. <laughs> I, I, no, I, 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 for some reason I was going right to semination. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need some hearing AIDs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I broke him. (laughs) So, uh, like, it's starting to have more of an impact uh, these days. 
Like, yeah, it is. People can have kids while being sterile. Oh, it, like it's like it's always one of those things. Like, uh, like how like how is it going to take people's job, uh, jobs? Like, or when is it going to start taking people's jobs? And it's already starting to have like 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 more in the last year. Like, it's really started hitting uh, that like uh, art. Like, is like you can use it yeah. to generate art images, and it's one of those things that where like it like instead of like some where you could just. Uh, uh, train and get like good at art over the course of years, years of practice, uh, and like you can now like just generate an Im- like some image by just throwing in like a sentence or two, and the AI would generate the image. And the AI generated images is like punking it like uh, it's like taking all of this reference stuff from the internet, all, all this re- whole huge reference library, and then it's plopping out this thing. And so far, like this, like the one thing saying apart is that it's not. Uh, uh, the AI generated stuff isn't protected by, uh, like it, it's not like copy pr- protected or anything like that. Like if it's not like if an artist drew something, and like if you try to use that without permission, like you could get in trouble. Uh, it's like it doesn't have those same protections, but still, it's one of those things where uh, down the line, like uh, com- big companies don't even have to pay for an artist; they can just have like a an AI generate the art that they need for their stuff. And it's it's gonna so like it oh and it's just uh, I, I it's, so it's gonna impact uh, artists in the future. Yeah. So um, the art thing, and it's like it's like I, I think people are still gonna create art, but the issue is that like and it's it's already been like so bar- hard for like artists to make money for a while now, and it's not like there's <laughs> in America it's not like we so, have any sort of support for well, artists. All right. So uh, we we have a direct example that affects us. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jake took our Blinders of Studios logo and he fed it into an AI. Yeah. Um, and he got these things out. He was playing with it. I'll, sh- I'll show the, I'm going to, and like if you scroll down, there's another four there. Um, you kind of want to describe what you're seeing there? Yeah, no. And like they, they look good. Like it's like, it's just, the, it's our, basically our symbol, except instead of like a, a like a, an old, like a, like that has like kind of like a, a '90s uh, Sunday morning cartoon web co- like little comic uh, yeah uh, mentality to it. it. Like instead, it's like has like some more uh, more actiony stuff. I like I really like the one at the bottom left. Uh, notice that all of like there's wording on it, but it's all fucking yeah, nonsense. It, it nonsense. Yeah, because it's just trying. Like and, and the thing is like they're good and like. Like you can't like you we wouldn't be able to like you go directly with like we'd have to touch it up because otherwise like we don't have uh it would have no protection at all. Oh no no and also like um one of them says blalai nga. Oh oh well, yeah because like also because it doesn't have the circle right. Yeah uh yeah like the realistic one with like it's it's like a black uh black face with like a red headband around the eyes like I kind of like that one though it's pretty dope well yeah and that's the thing like it's like it's a really affordable way to just like get art images if you need like an art image for something yeah and there's some really cool images that have been generated like with uh, some of the more adv- uh, advanced platforms but it's still like I know I know it's gonna get closer it's gonna get better but. I don't know if it's ever going to replace art. So I, I don't think it's going to replace art. Well, I or think I it's... mean, well, but even even like the medium is trying to replace. I what I can think it will replace is logo logo artists, logo generation, that kind of thing. Stock uh, stock image photos. Type so stuff. I, I think it'll impact professional artists that like if depending on like what their source of revenue is like if they're trying to like I don't think companies are gonna pay artists for stuff like like they're, I think like graphic design uh, like my or the the ones who at least are responsible for like new images for selling stuff I think those are gonna be impacted because because they, well, they could have like an intern an intern who like is, whose only job is to like feed items into the, the generator until like uh, like uh, gets that's, something correctly. That's that's underestimating what uh, graphic designers do though. Yeah, but like um, at because the same graphic designers like it's it'll get close, but there'll always be something off about yeah. it. Graphic designers are like I I think it's 
I think uh, getting placement right, especially like if you're looking at like uh, where things lay out on a on a page. Yeah, or, I, I, you like, know, I, even I, in I, a logo. I, I guess itself. like for like layout stuff, but for the most part. I, I I do think it like it'll impact, and also there's cases like where like artists will use it as like a tool. So like there's cases where it's where like it'll be used as a like so like an artist can use it. I think but, I think as a tool, as an idea generator, or something to get you close that you can improve on. I can see a lot more than a pure replacement. Yeah, but I I do think that there will be some straight up replacements. I think so too. I think I well, I mean, anytime you have like, something like this where you can, it's now like a cost cutting measure. And like there's, there's like going to be, and like I've seen like some of the stuff that like has been generated like with like the right prompts, like you can get like some very specific uh, uh, stuff generated. Yeah, but now you have you have to pay somebody else who can come up with the right prompts. Yeah, but I I I don't think you'll be paying them as much. Well, but that's so, and I, I don't think like uh, like uh, like a, a department might go down to like a couple of people then. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a little bit of a worry. And like uh, like as far as our field though, there's a uh, chat GPT GP is like being used for uh, uh, can be used for coding now apparently. Yeah, it can generate classes and spe- but. It, it, it but it won't do like so like like it won't do like like right now, like uh, there's stuff that like well, I'm trying to solve like and I start looking around on online for like how do I solve this and like it's like nobody has ever asked this question not even 20 yeah. years ago there's like 15 years ago one guy asked something this kind of similar and there were no no responses yeah and so then you have to figure out like what are the pieces of the of the question I'm asking and then break those down and figure out how to solve each individual part or of just the question have to, or just have to just fucking make or it just up. start trying shit and in and so like it wouldn't be able to do that uh, like uh, that part but like it like the, the basic generation and like I think that's useful like for a while now like already you can like uh well that's what stack with, overflow is well like well, already with like an IDE it'll like it can auto generate a class for you yeah. off uh, off of stuff but like uh, <laughs> but like it can do a lot more programming like pr- uh, prompt like simple stuff set up for you these days well, honestly, like if it can if it can just basically stack overflow as my IntelliSense, then it'll solve it'll save me a lot of time yeah. and make me a lot more productive. But it's still about it's still so it comes down to what these what these uh, tools do is they take away a lot of the small bits, yeah. right? The small tedious bits of what we do, but you still need the knowledge on how to implement the top level. Yeah. Um, and so who I'm who I'm really worried about is like the junior developers and things like that. The ones who Well, I, I'm worried about like like the issue would might be that like for junior de- developers starting out is that they might uh, use an over reliance on it. Yeah. Or that that could impact uh, their skills in the future. Uh, like, like there, uh, there's all. It's going to be a long time before it can replace uh, something like some more, more yeah. deeper stuff. Also, all these people who are worried about, and like, also there's like a, one of the issues is like, uh, I know for sure, like with the companies I work with, like, it, like to try to feed that code into an AI generated into an AI uh, application that somebody else owns. I would get in so much trouble for eating for feeding right. code to that. That's like a bit, like you don't share uh, uh, proprietary yeah. information. But so, but we're also like we're so worried about like this replacement. And I say bring it on. Like we're one step closer to this post uh, post scarcity society that we were promised in Star Trek. I, I don't, don't want jobs anymore. I don't think we're gonna hit them because uh, like I've not seen, in our lifetime. No, no, no. It's. I think that before we hit, we end up to the point like we actually support people. I think there's gonna be a lot more people that are not gonna be able to work anymore. Like there'll just be more and more people cut from different jobs that are likely like we replace them, and nobody is gonna want to like pr- pr- um, campaign to actually to actually support them. And so like it's just gonna be. I'm gonna look at it as hopeful. I will not. 
I know, but that's that's not your nature. Yeah. And my nature is to be hopeful. Your nature is to be realist and really be like, yeah, except that nobody's And like it's it's crazy though, like in the fact that like this stuff that it like it's able to do now is like stuff that like a couple years ago was like, oh no, that's still quite a ways down the line that before can do this. Like, oh no, like this it's being able to be used as no, a tool. So now. um oh god. it wasn't what it wasn't Moore's law. Maybe it was what was the uh, computer law of like a doubling uh, every six Because it was months? about like processing power. Like was yeah, doubling. that might have been Moore's law. And it's, it started stagnating because there's like a limit to uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was Moore's law. Moore's law uh, stated that uh, our computational progress will become significantly faster, smaller, more efficient over time. Um, so that. Every two years, the number of transistors and microchips will double. So we, uh, he he suggested that in 1965, and that was true up until the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, even like, and like then we hit a point where that wasn't true anymore. But now I think Moore's law has gone past computational power because power has become cheap. Yeah. Um, and now we're at that point for just pure. Um, software like AI is fulfilling Moore's law. Like every two years, what it can do is doubling, yeah. and it might even be faster than that. I wonder if there's a Moore's law before AI. Because like the last thing, like I started like generating images, like it was about like just a couple years ago. Like it was like the Google one, or that was like the deep sleep one, where it was like generating using images. Like it would just gen- generate like basically dream images. F- from um, according to this, um, Moore's law is out or uh, AI training is outpacing Moore's law. Uh, and this was uh, this is an article published in uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're saying that it's uh, managed to dramatically outstrip Moore's law. But can it replace investment banking yet? Oh, God. If it can just, like, handle the banking, like, that'd be great. Nobody understands money. <laughs> I think that's what the AI will plan on. As it make it... <laughs> that's so- what the bankers plan on. When did this become an anti-capitalist podcast? <laughs> Maybe it always has been, and we just realized it. Well, like, uh, like I've been uh, have uh, since I've had like a uh, like this when this is going to drop. Like, I hopefully will have like a uh, my access to my client again, but like I I don't have like account access, so I, I've been doing like a, I have had to take like a financial class for as part of like a those work provided by work by work. And uh, I found out like uh, that like just the number of things that like people invest in is absurd. Like like just like how like like because you've investing in the money market like where like ex- using the exchange rates behind <laughs> and that's how they grow their money and it's a big deal like it's, it's a huge deal. It's like a huge percentage. Like most of it is that, and like fifteen percent of it is actually people like just need different currencies. So where where I'm at right now in New Zealand. Um, their currency is worth half as much as the U.S. currency. And, like, this is a thing that fluctuates all the time, right? So, like, every transaction I'm making with my credit card is based off of whatever the current transact or the current exchange rate is at the time of that. And there's there's things you can do to like mitigate the the chance of loss to the point like you where like you're you're basically your lots of you making money is like much much greater, just because like because you, you have so much more money and like you can like uh, like if you're like you're there you can always use puts in the case is where like you're worried about like uh like where like it might be dropping and there's like so many different currencies that you can like try to work with too, and it's just it's like wow then this that's like. 85% of the 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 that market is just like investing. 15% is like people actually need the money in another currency. It's just none of it makes any sense. Yeah, so it's 
Yeah, it's it's uh, w- it's a house of cards, goddammit, because it's all built on software. Yeah, like people are doing it before software. Now they rely on software to make it go faster. And every once in a while, you'll hear something about. I wonder if the New York Stock Exchange still is like a wall to wall with people, or if maybe most of them just don't do that anymore. Because what do they do? They're on the floor of the stock exchange and they're yelling and waving stuff in the air. And but what does that mean, Carlos? Can we can we can we do something this year? What? Can we go to New York and go to the New York Stock Exchange and wave something in the air? Just, I, sh- just shout like oh, look at this like whoa 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 ah raise 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 bye 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 sell sell sell. I I, I want to do that <laughs> like it like in the next like in the next year I want to go to New York. And just wave things in the air on the New York Stock Exchange floor. I don't know if they still do that, though. I don't care. I like, want to do it. I know growing up, like, in the news, they always would show the floor, and it's, like, wall-to-wall yeah. wall of people. Can I But, visit? like, I think it's all, like, done, uh, like, they all work from their their lofty apartments. Yeah, uh, I, that doesn't change what I want to do. <laughs> all right, hang on. Can I visit... How to experience the New York Stock Exchange. All right. All right, hang on. When was this article published? 2020. Okay. The trading floor. The NYSE uh, has always been an exciting place. The exciting things happening up until the early 2000s. The trading floor was full of people frantically running around, shouting numbers and exchanging hand signals with each other. The exchange even had special trading floor clock with, without hour markers. There are only five-minute markers because each trader had just five minutes to trade their stock. Talk about pressure. <laughs> um, the tra- uh, although the trading floor isn't as lively as it once was, with the decrease of frantic people uh, running around and the volume of open outcries is still just as exciting today. Currently, there are approximately 500 to 1,000 people trading on the floor each day. So there's still a number of people out there. Yeah. And they have five minutes to... S- what?! Fucking terrorists ruined everything. The stock exchange is no longer accessible to the public. Uh, after the September 11th attacks and the increase in security that followed, many buildings once open to the public were severely limited or shut down altogether. Yeah, I know, because they're going to protect the, the bankers first. Yep. We can go to the Federal Reserve next door and go see the giant gold vault. That's the one um, that Simon uh, in Die Hard 3 uh, stole from. Like, apparently the, the writer for that script got, like, got in trouble. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently it was like, it, it turned out that it was a very plausible plan. <laughs> it was a very, like, it, it was very doable. Like, it was like, it was just something they made up and it was like, oh, no, like, this could happen. And like, was, so he was contacted by, like, the government. That's, <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> oh, God damn it, I miss pre-9-11. Yeah. Everything was just so much simpler. Well, also. We were children. Yeah, we were children. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I miss it. It's like, there's a treat, there's, a, there's like a really good demarcation between like pre-9-11 and post-9-11 for us. Like there's there are fewer responsibilities. Uh, I wouldn't say no responsibilities. We had fucking no responsibilities. We were goddamn children. We had to go to school. I had responsibilities, but uh, like they, they, the, but like I was like I had to feed my dogs. Like and it's not like I gained more responsibilities. Like as a result of nine eleven, it's just like growing up. It's just no. It's because of nine eleven. Nine eleven to blame. <laughs> I mean. Let's be honest. If you can blame 9-11 for it, do that. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I have to pay rent because of 9-11. <laughs> or the 2008 uh, recession. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that that or, is hard. Or the end of the world in 2012. Yeah. Or, uh, the, or the pandemic. Or... I mean, we can keep going. Like, how many yeah. other, like, horrible things can we... The war in Ukraine is what we're blaming now. The olds eating the young. Like, not physically eating it, but, like, uh, eating her all her money. Yeah, there's that <laughs> one. Yeah. 
Uh, like where like uh, getting a house like uh, you got a house like, at the right time, but like getting a house oh, these God, days did, is yeah. it's like it's a nightmare. It's I mean getting this one wasn't a fucking picnic. Yeah. I had to look. I I looked at almost twenty houses. Yeah, and, and this one I could afford. And like uh, I don't like could you, if you had to buy the house today, would you be able to afford it? Oh God, no. <laughs> It went it went up thirty grand like a month after I bought it. Yeah, so it's we'll wait for the crash and then. Well, that's the problem. Like that crash might not happen anytime soon, because like the, the who's going to be buying it? The as the old people who have the houses that they bought for a, a like twenty dollars and a handshake, like way back as they started dying off, it's not going to be uh, people our age buying those houses. That's true. It, it's going to be a big renting conglomerates buying them up. All right, to turn them into fucking Airbnbs. Airbnbs and rental properties. Yeah. Airbnbs if they can, because uh, it's more money there. Hey, uh, yeah, so this week on the Anti-Capitalist Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> listen to a couple of jaded millennials bitch about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how cool snowboarding is. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> We're dads now. <laughs> well, on that note and that terrifying realization, bring the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh no. If you guys have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com or you can find us here on find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Blind Ninja Studios, or you can follow us on Instagram at Blind Ninja Studios. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>